Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of In Bruges. What is it you've done, Raymond? Murder, father. Why did you murder someone, Raymond? For money. Who did you murder for money, Raymond? You, father. After I killed them, I walked home to await instructions. Get to Bruges. 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 Where's that? It's in Belgium. For two weeks. In Bruges, in a room like this, with you? No way. Been to the top of the tower? Guidebook says it's a must-see. Well, you ain't going up there. Why? It's all windy stairs. I'm not being funny. What exactly are you trying to say? They're a bunch of elephants. Mr. Blakely? Yes? You have a message. Number one, why aren't you in when I told you to be in? You better be in when I call again, or there'll be now to pay up. I'm telling you. He swears a lot, doesn't he? Let's go out. Go out where? The pub. Harry, I've got an idea. I'm gonna go back to my room, jump into the canal, see if I can escape. If you go outside and round the corner, you can shoot at me from there and try and get me. I'll go outside then, which way, right or left? You go right, don't you? Okay, on account of one, two, three, go. Who says it? Oh, you say it. You guys are crazy. One, two, three, go! Ray, you're about the worst tourist in the whole world. If I'd grown up on a farm and was retarded, Bruges might impress me, but I didn't, so it doesn't. She ain't my girlfriend. She's a prostitute. I'm not aware of any prostitutes in Bruges. Just have to look in the right places. Brothels are good. An Uzi? I'm not from South Central Los Angeles. I want a normal gun for a normal person. Maybe that's what hell is. The entire rest of eternity spent in Bruges. Back off, shorty. You don't know karate. Ah. All right, everybody. You were just listening to the trailer for In Bruges, and the story is as follows. After a particularly difficult job, Hitman Ray and Ken head to Belgium to hide out until things cool down. Ray hates the medieval city they land in, but Ken finds its beauty and peacefulness enchanting. Their experiences become increasingly surreal and possibly life-changing as they encounter tourists, locals, an American dwarf, and a potential romance for Ray. The film is starring Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Ray Fiennes, Clemence Posey, and Jeremy Reiner. It is written and directed by Martin McDonough, 
And here to join me for this throwback review, I have Evo Day. Hiya. Will Mavity. Who did you kill? Raymond. You, father. So <laughs> Not that scene, actually. That's, that's pretty cringe. But the rest of the movie, so good. <laughs> and also joining us, too, from the Patreon team over here, we have, coming back to the podcast again, Paul Meredith, everyone. Uh, next best picture. It's like a fairy tale podcast. It's like a fucking fairy tale or something. Oh, that Matt, that was bad. Yeah, I was just thinking that. It's like that leprechaun. Really oh, don't worry, because that's not the worst it's going to get. Well, you know what, though? Is everyone on this podcast at least partially Irish? Uh, yeah, I am. I am. Paul Meredith, are you? Um, I know I Welsh and Scottish. I don't think Irish. <laughs> <sighs> Mavity, for those who don't know, um, Matt was laughing about this earlier. Mavity is McCavity. I'm not joking. From nice. Cats. Somebody nice. fucked it up at Ellis Island, and so it became Mavity. But uh, there's a direct line between me and the Idris Elba cat in Cats. Not a joke. Wow, I love that. Well, we are not here to review Cats. We've already been there, done that. Are we not? We are here today to talk about Martin McDonough's featured directorial in Bruges. Oh, shit, Matt. I did all my prep for that. Okay, for those of you that don't know, we're doing it because of the release of The Banshees of Inishirin, which pairs McDonough back up with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson once again all these years later. So we thought it would be fitting to go back and revisit this film, which had its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival as the opening night film, came out a little bit later in the U.S. and then later on in the U.K. that spring. And then it received an Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay, had a couple other nominations and wins along the way. We'll get to all that a little bit later. But for now... What do we think of this film, uh, whether it's the first time or, you know, the hundredth time we've watched this film? Because I know that for some of us over the years, we've watched this multiple times. And also, too, how do we feel it fits within McDonough's filmography, uh, seeing as how he's had other films since then? And we've seen him grow as a storyteller. Obviously, now with Banshees of Inishirin, it's very interesting, I think, to watch that film and then look back on it in Bruges and see how it all began and what's changed, not just for McDonough, but also, too, for Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell as well. So, Paul, you're our guest here today. What did you think of In Bruges the first time you saw it? Did you get a chance to rewatch it again for this podcast? And what do you think of it today? Hello. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. I've seen this movie several times. I've seen it three times this year alone in preparation for Banshees and this podcast. Uh, I first saw it in 2017 after I loved Three Billboards. Yes, come at me. Um, I love this film. It has become one of my favorites of all time. Uh, I think the performances are phenomenal. I think it is, until Banshee's, it was Colin Farrell's best performance. It is still Brendan Gleeson's best performance. 
And it's Ray Fiennes, one of his best performances. It's the start of what my friend calls Funny Fiennes, although he's a little bit scary, too. <laughs> and I think what it captures, not as only is a great high-concept film in terms of two hitmen on the run, but what it captures the spirit of depression, of guilt, has really resonated with me, my personal struggles, which I won't get into too much, but then the unique balance of tone, which Martin McDonough has always done well, is so is probably at its best here still in terms of humor to sadness and like keeping it straight. It's not like in Three Billboards where it kind of feels a little jarring. Here, the tone just feels so smooth and so like a gut punch constantly. And the idea of who deserves redemption is at the core of this film. And that is what I think is explored beautifully in here. Well said for the opening thoughts here. I like that a lot. Eve, how about you? What did you think of In Bruges first time you saw it? And if you got a chance to rewatch it for this, uh, has your opinion changed? Well, the first time I saw this movie would have been in approximately 2017 or 2018 when I watched it for a uh, university class uh, with a professor who had a very amusingly dark sense of humor and he's also Belgian. So uh, that may have helped why the it was on the syllabus. And I I gotta just, I'm sorry, I got to interrupt and just say for the record, I love that this movie is being taught in schools. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, That's yeah, awesome. like he, it was a, literally a class on like dark humor. And yeah, he's I think he might be from Bruges. I, I might be missing. He's definitely <laughs> Flemish. So, you know, somewhere in that in the Flanders region. But um, yeah, and I thought, man, this this is a funny movie. And, you know, hadn't thought too much about it until I watched it again last night. And I was just roaring with laughter watching this. It's just not like the dialogue is just so smart. And, you know, honestly, it's so stupid, but in such a committed way that just made me absolutely lose it particularly Colin Farrell's face, like he just, his reactions to things, especially, I think it's his eyebrows that just make his face a delight to watch. No, Brendan Gleeson is right up there with him, less, more of the heart of the film. And I think the two of them just have such amazing chemistry together as these guys that you just want to see on screen together. And it's made me so excited for the Banshees of Sharon, which I haven't had the privilege of seeing yet in comparison to the only other film of his of Martin McDonough's that I've seen which is uh Three Billboards I think this film even though it does have the contrast of darkness and comedy is a lot more consistent from start to finish where I think the main issue I had with um Three Billboards is that it was very jarring and it felt a little unsure of itself and sort of unfinished in terms of its tone and you know it's the location of this film is really obviously important and in three billboards it has the name of the place that it's in in the title so he often and in a sharon which is obviously a fictional place but he obviously values the the place that his films are set in as much as anything else and i do wonder if maybe him setting a film in america really sort of threw him off a little bit with uh three billboards but i'm i'm i've only heard good things about banshees so i'm extremely excited for that all righty and will mavity i i know what you think of this movie because i think you and i have talked about this uh maybe more than any other film together in all the time that i've known you uh but our listeners may not know so tell them what do you think of in bruges 
Yeah, so In Bruges came out in theaters when I was in seventh grade, and wow. I was... I feel old. Y- you feel old. I mean, Matt, that makes you feel old. You know, I'm older than the other two people in this podcast. <laughs> so uh, you're going to find a lot of people among our fans who probably were in, like, elementary school when this came out. Sure. Babies. Fourth grade for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it was 2008, Eve. Yeah, like 5th grade, 6th grade. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. So, but anyway, I, uh, you know, it was... That period when I was transitioning just from like, I like movies to actually getting really into film. And so I think it's hard for me to view this movie objectively, because at the time I saw it, it was just so incredible. I know since then, people have pointed out that, you know, it's it builds on the shoulders of Guy Ritchie and Tarantino. And uh, that is true to an extent. But it's just executed so well. And for a long time, I used to say it was my favorite movie. You know, I'm not 15 anymore. I've seen a lot more movies, but I still really do love it. It is far and away my favorite of Martin McDonough's films. As um, people have already mentioned tonight, it's much more, it strikes that tonal balance in a way that, Honestly, none of McDonough's other films quite have because it so effortlessly weaves between being very funny. And I agree, Eve, with Colin Farrell's eyebrows. I also think his mouth, those little frowns he does, like the scene where he like shrugs. And then, uh, you know, whenever he sinks into his jacket, like when they're. Uh, oh, when they're in the canal. Yeah. And he's uh, in the canal. Yeah, yeah. And he's just sunk in there looking miserable. Um, and it goes from being so unbelievably funny like that to when Brendan Gleeson is climbing up the tower and that song on Raglan Road comes on, you're about to cry. And it is a really impressive, seamless transition to very, very funny, to very, very heartbreaking. You have one of my favorite Carter Burwell scores ever in it. And that's saying something because I love Carter Burwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, I think my favorite thing he's done outside the Coens. And um, you, as as people mentioned, I don't know it's I, I don't know that I would say it's Colin Farrell's best performance. I might like him even more in The Lobster. And Brendan Gleeson, that's tough. I might like him more in Calvary. I definitely like him more in Calvary. But I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, it's it's excellent for both of them. It's near the best of their career. And, and Ray Fiennes is absolutely hysterical in it. There's definitely things to take issue with. It It is a little bit weird just how fixated McDonough is on using dwarfs kind of as a punchline. 
I think in this case, the the dwarf character really works well into the plot in the in the way that the ending plays out more yes. so than in three billboards where it just kind of felt like he just wanted to put a dwarf in there. I mean, it's it's crucial without spoiling, you know, obviously. Um, what's the actor's name? Is it Jordan Prentice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he's fun. And obviously, you know, the ending doesn't work without him. But yeah, it to me, it is the perfect tonal balance of the dark comedy. It's the platonic ideal, the dark comedy. Yeah, I, I've seen it at least 10 times, and I still get emotional when the ending comes. So, you know, maybe it's nostalgia because I first saw it at a time when I was just getting into film, but it really does work. And um, that's why I'm so excited for Banshees because neither Seven Psychopaths nor uh, Three Billboards spoke to me like this did, but this spoke to me so much that I'm hoping, as Eve mentioned, that getting back to Ireland and stop trying to make films about America can make him recapture that magic that was on display here. So as the only person here that has seen Banshees of Inishirin so far, I can tell you that I think the magic has definitely been recaptured. Uh, And I think that it's interesting because I, I too, like Paul, am a three billboards defender as well. I also liked Seven Psychopaths. I didn't love it as much as in Bruges. I I, I think if you ask uh, most people... They'll say that that's probably maybe the most forgettable film in his filmography. Uh, but I thought that Three Billboards for him was a real step up technically. And every like rewatch I've done of In Bruges in years since, I definitely have a fondness for it due to nostalgia. Because I saw it, like like you will, I saw it when I was 18 years old. And uh, it was during a time where I was just consuming so much at that point in my life. Uh, as a fan, as somebody who just wanted to watch movies that he had not previously seen up until that point. And I say that because I actually didn't see Imbruge in theaters when it came out. I saw it later when it came out on Blu-ray, DVD, uh, whatever it was at the time that I had, uh, because back then I, I, I didn't see every movie in theaters. And the buzz on this one was so strong. And I remember when Colin Farrell won the uh, Golden Globe, I was like, wow, I need to see what this movie is all about. I've been hearing so much about it. Of course, later on, it gets an Oscar nomination in 2019. I'm sorry, 2009. Wow, it's been a long time. And so I eventually saw the movie and it instantly became a favorite watch of mine, a movie that I could very effortlessly show to friends, family. And at the time that felt okay. I got to admit, like today, the humor in it, yeah, it, it it does strike me as a little immature at times. And I don't think it's as well written in that regard as maybe some other elements of even aspects of billboards. Uh, but definitely Banshee's Vinishir and I think is his most mature work to date. And I'm excited. I'm excited for you, Eve, Will, to see it. Paul, have you seen it yet? Yes, I saw it at TIFF. Oh, OK. So would you agree with me that it is his most mature film to date? So I think... Humor-wise, Banshees is definitely more mature. Now, I will defend the humor of this film a little bit because, like, sure, they use, like, the R-word and the C-word, but, like, Colin Farrell is a very juvenile character in in Bruges. I'll give you that, too, yeah, because I was going to add that, is that I I do wonder sometimes if the character of Ray uses this kind of language as a mask, if you will, to 
almost kind of laugh at, or, or, or at least draw attention maybe to himself and elicit laughter from others because he's in so much pain. Yeah. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our throwback review of In Bruges here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full over hour long review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon under Next Best Picture, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this review along with other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.